0: This episode of Canis Corner is brought to you by TunnelBear, the simple privacy app that makes it easy to browse privately and enjoy a more open internet. Visit GetTunnelBear.com to get your free TunnelBear today. Sue Williams is a New York-based documentary filmmaker. Her new film, Death by Design, takes a sobering look at the electronics industry and its toxic environmental legacy, both here in the US and in China. The film starts in Silicon Valley, which has a horrible history of environmental pollution. The industry appears to be nice and clean, but it has a long and toxic history of environmental damage. Silicon Valley is currently home to the most Superfund cleanup sites in the country. And now that the industry has offshored most of its manufacturing overseas, the environmental problems have been exported right along with it. Currently touring film festivals around the world, Death by Design is a sobering, behind-the-scenes look at the cost of the devices we consume in some measure of ignorance. My name is Leander Caney. I'm the editor and publisher of Cult of Mac, a blog about Apple and the New York Times bestselling author of some books about technology, most recently a biography of Johnny Ive, Apple's head designer. Caney's Corner is a weekly podcast about the world of Apple. Every week I interview a guest from Apple or the Apple ecosystem. Sometimes it's an ex-Apple staffer who talks about their work and working with Steve Jobs, or it's an iPhone case maker and the shadowy world of case making. I also talk to app makers and IT guys and recyclers, it's a big Apple world out there, and there's tons of great, fascinating stories to tell. So, hi Sue. Hey. So, um, congratulations on the new movie. And uh, can you can you tell us a little Thank bit you. about it?
1: Sure. It's, um, well, the tagline for it is uh, The Dirty Secret of Our Digital Devices, and it's really an exploration of some of the uh, labor and environmental impacts the electronics industry is having, uh, not just here in the US, but globally. And um, it's a kind of dark look at the industry. Uh, it's a look at the industry, perhaps,
0: that hasn't been done much before. <laughs> right. And how did, how did you get started? How did you get the idea for it?
1: Well, I was—I've um, done a lot of films in China, and a friend introduced me to China's leading environmental activist. His name is Majun, and he's a main character in the film. Um, and Ma Jun, um has an NGO in China where he monitors water situation, which is you know the, the state of pollution of rivers, lakes, o- the ocean, and as he started building about six, seven years ago, maybe a bit longer, eight years ago now, uh, he started building a database of government violations that had been issued to factories that were polluting local water bodies of water. And as he started compiling all these violations, and he, at the time I met him, had like over 110,000, um, he noticed that many of the factories were making semiconductors, chips were related somehow to the electronics industry. And he was really surprised by that because he thought that, he thought of the industry as a clean industry, which I think many of us do. And that set him off on a journey. Um, So at the beginning, I thought I would just do a profile of him because his work is so interesting. Um, But as I started to do my own research and look into to the electronics industry here in the U.S. and so on, I realized it was actually a much bigger story than just what was happening in China. And that really set me off on, on this whole journey of Death by Design.
0: Right, yeah. And so the movie uh, starts off by looking at the, um, the, the legacy of the tech industry in Silicon Valley and, and yep. lays out um, uh, very, very effectively that, that, uh, that Silicon Valley is, that the industry here had a, had a long history of, of very bad environmental uh, history and had uh, was was very polluting and um, and then of course when, when when it moved to China it a, a lot of those problems all those problems got exported with it exactly yep and so in China because of weak regulation and weak enforcement um, the 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 electronics industry there is is a massive polluter
1: it is it, you know it's um, you, you, and it is but I, I, I I'd like to talk a little bit about um, what happened in Silicon Valley, because the only reason that there were regulations was that local like Ted Smith, another character in the film, really took up the gauntlet and and you know organized protests and demanded that there be regulation in this country. And Ted um,
0: Smith is uh, uh, t- tell us about Ted Smith.
1: Ted Smith's um, the founder of the Silicon Valley Toxics Coalition, and um, they noticing quite early on, very high rates of, of illnesses that couldn't quite be explained amongst electronics workers, and then communities that were having higher rates of birth defects. And, you know, it all got traced back to the chemicals that were being either used inside the factories or being stored in um, very, very unsatisfactory ways outside. And so, for example, trichlorethylene was leaked out of storage tanks into the local water. Um, so the industry did a huge amount of damage, which actually is, you know, trichloroethylene is still pluming up into Google headquarters. I mean, right, Google yeah. wasn't around, you know, but so it's, it's an ongoing issue even today.
0: And I was surprised Then uh, the movie tells us that um, Santa Clara, which is uh, the, the, one of the counties in the heart of Silicon Valley, is... Is the, one, uh, the county with the most Superfund sites in the nation?
1: That's, that's right, yeah. And Every single major electronics producer in Silicon Valley um, was found to have polluted so terribly that the government made them responsible for cleaning up the mess, um, which, as, as we talk about in the film, could take up to 300 years. It's such an extraordinarily vast and complex problem.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really shocking. I didn't uh, know that at all. And I live here. <laughs> I've lived here for yeah, no, 20, 20 years. <laughs> well, you mm.
1: know, Google was on. Uh, is, was built on, you know, the uh, uh, where, what was a factory beforehand. And so the trichlorethylene is there. And when it, it broke, the story broke a couple of years ago in local press, but everybody at Google was told not to talk about it. You know, they can't talk to answer press questions about it. So you know, um, if I worked at Google, I would sure want to know.
0: Right, yeah, it's pluming up and you said it, it, they can detect it now in, inside Google headquarters, is that right?
1: Apparently, that's, um, you know, it's gone very quiet, but there were a few local reporters um, investigating it a couple of years ago and, you know, I don't quite know how they would remediate it. You know, trichlorethylene sort of travels through the soil and eventually travels up and it can travel up through basements and buildings so uh, which is what we see in Endicott at the end of the film which mm-hmm. is basically an entire community destroyed by um, these toxic chemicals
0: right and uh, and yeah that was quite shocking at the end of the movie like you said you you, you it's uh, endicott in, in upstate new york right
1: yeah and endicott uh, sort of ironically enough is is the home of ibm it's in a way it's the home of the electron- the birthplace of the electronics industry um, and it is just one of the saddest places you've ever been to. It's been completely, you know, property prices, of course, have plunged, you know, beyond anything because who wants to live on a toxic plume?
0: Right. And, uh, you know, one of the the, the women profiled, uh, she pulls up a map of her neighborhood and, and it has, uh, she's marked out all the houses where pe- their people have had cancer. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's almost the whole street.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's just the people they know personally, as they said. So, you know, it could even be worse. Um, and and I think the really tragic thing about that is, you know, that I, IBM or any other company, I guess, you know, says they're doing what they should be doing. But unfortunately, you know, the EPA and, and other watchdog bodies don't really have the time and resources to go and check and see um, how those m- – mitigation processes are working we there was another family who lived next door who we filmed but who didn't make it into the final cut where their teenage daughters developed lymphoma at 19 she was born and raised in the house yeah. you know so you know it's it's not you know it's even more it's even worse than than what we had in the film but
0: the one in the film uh, the, 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 you profile this couple who um the, the father has cancer and the son died in his 40s or 50s 40s? yeah, uh,
1: yeah. It, Tony um, and Larry Shirling, um, and um, Larry has had numerous bouts with different sorts of lymphomas that have presented in really odd ways. Um, and then their son died of just a couple of years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's, it's it's really heartbreaking. Um, so, of course, you know, the 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 point of of, uh, of of looking at this here in the states was to say this legacy, this toxic legacy of the industry, is now. Exactly what is going on in China and at a much yeah. larger scale. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, because everything is bigger in China, you know, they have factories with 100,000 workers, not just you know, 50,000. I mean, one of the most incredible things when you go to Shenzhen, where Foxconn is the sort of most, one of the most notorious um, suppliers for different electronics brands. It's just the scale of it. It's just yeah. You know, it's the size of a town. It's it's mm-hmm. just vast, mm-hmm. and and the number of young workers cycling through there, who um, really haven't got a clue what they're doing. Although I, I you know, when I say don't have a clue what they're doing, I mean the the dangers that they're um, exposing themselves to. Although I I guess actually. Foxconn isn't, uh, Foxconn is more of an assembly place than a place where they're making chips. But So there are different labor and health issues at Foxconn, um, right. not, yeah, yeah. not the toxic chemical ones.
0: Well, right. I wanted to talk about Foxconn specifically and Apple specifically a bit later on, but, you know, can you describe in the yeah. movie, you know, sort of what you just, what you discovered when you went over there? What what kind of things are, are happening? You know, what is the problem?
1: Well, there are lots of problems. <laughs> I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they are the labor problems, but I think you know if we just talk about some of the environmental things, you know, if if you're putting toxic chemicals and heavy metals, in places, and the workers are exposed to them, um, so there's a health
0: risk to the workers. They're ex- exposed being... in the factories, right? So to, to um...
1: yeah, in, in yeah, especially in the um, in the chip factories and circuit board factories, but also you know uh, in the Polishing factories where they polish our iPods and iPads and and have this beautiful silver finish on them. Um, those come, you know, that aluminum and stuff uh, gets into people's breathing system. Obviously, um, so there. There's the health of the workers, but when you have poor ventilation and um, you know, you just release a lot of the this the the bad chemicals that you create out into local bodies of water you're polluting entire communities um, so the scale of it's kind of difficult to comprehend because the factories are bigger than anything I've certainly ever seen in the states and and they're they become like company towns you know this mm-hmm. is the town where you can get microchips mm-hmm. so so that town outside of Shenzhen is, or dozens of chip makers are. I mean, they're devastating, just huge expanses of countryside, of the land, as well as the water.
0: Right, and it looks like a lot of them are just dumping this toxic waste into the local river or, or burying it in the ground. Um, yeah. You say in the movie that the cost, that because of weak regulation, um, it's actually cheaper to pay fines and penalties than it is to mitigate the... Um, The pollution in the first place. So this is a strategy that a lot of the the companies take, isn't it? Just to to pay the to pay the fines and keep paying the fines.
1: Yeah, and and you know that's that comes down to you know the very complicated situation in China, the relationship between local governments with businesses, and you know wanting to keep people employed, and so you don't want to jeopardize. You know you want everybody to be employed, and so you don't want to make it difficult for employers that actually could take off in a whole political direction, which I didn't want to go to in China just because it, it, I really wanted to keep it centered on the people and, and on our involvement in this process. Because, you know, one reason that the brands are making all these devices that we buy and then throw away and then buy a new one is because, you know, consumers want them as well so I, I tried not to make the film political about China which it could have become but to level of corruption in that country that you know a factory will you know directly dump their their toxic waste into a river or they'll bribe a local official or the workers will as the worker that we filmed, whose face we hid, said, "You know, they're they're told. Well, we know the EPA is coming next week. Turn on the tap water, um, and that's what'll go into the waste pipes, and that's what the EP- local EPA will collect. So, you know, it's it's pretty devious, uh, devious stuff, and, and hard to root out unless there's really, really a strong will on the part of the government and the brands." Find out how their factories in this in their supply chains are working,
0: right? So yeah, well the brands and, and that sort of brings us to Apple because Apple um, is um, is highlighted it, uh, throughout. And actually, I went to see the screening at the, at the uh, earlier this week at the um, San Francisco Green Festival. And afterwards, um, there were a couple of people in the audience when there was a, in a Q and A session um, we're, were were quite defensive about Apple. You know, Apple is 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 figured throughout the movie, and. Even though a couple of times I, uh, it says quite explicitly that that, that Apple and Foxconn itself <clears throat> aren't, you know, the worst offenders. In fact, they're probably some of the best ones. But it's it's the it's the suppliers of the suppliers. It's the entire ecosystem around them
1: mm-hmm. that, it, that mm-hmm. is causing the yeah. problems.
0: So yeah. some people are getting kind of uh, uh, some people in the audience, I, I, you know, and I and you hear this a lot whenever it, this comes up, uh, you know, problems about uh, the you know the um, supply chain in China, you know. They have this kind of thing, you know. It's not just Apple. It's 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 all the other tech manufacturers, the the entire industry. Um, but Apple tends to get highlighted, um, and you know I, I, you know why Apple? Why did, why did you use Apple in, in the movie?
1: Well, you know Apple gets highlighted because Apple's the richest com- company in the world, um, and because they make products. Uh, that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of people buy. And they make great products. You know, they're, they're beautiful. I love, I mean, I'm talking to you on a MacBook Air. You know, it's a gorgeous object. Um, so, you know, when your leader is the Chinese when you're sort of the leader of the pack that you know the the bird that's flying out front is the first to get shot it's because they are <laughs> iconic you know
0: right. and
1: you can't you can't ignore them and that's you know you put yourself in that position and with that position also comes responsibility i mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. um and so you know we make very clear in the film that it's not just apple we have some people say it at least twice in the film it's not just about apple it's about all of these companies um but apple is you know, the most iconic of them all. And Apple talks a great talk. They have really, really smart and creative people there who do great PR. And you have to really parse through what they're saying about their environmental uh, responsibilities and the way they're handling them. And I do think they are making an effort. Mm, Um, but, But I think they could do a lot more. You know, they talk about how all, of you know, their offices and, and their shops, you know, it's easy to make them green. It's easy to make them environmentally responsible. But it's much harder when it's down in your supply chain. And that again is a question of will. You know, if if you know, Luke Soles from I Fix It and and Kyle Weans from I Fix It, they've decided they will go and see every factory that they use in China before they sign with them because mm. they want to know how their things are being made. Well, you know, Apple's got a fortune, why can't they do that? You know, why can't they really dig down into their supply chain and do something? They're sitting on a ton of money that they don't know what to do with. <laughs> um, you know, it's all sitting there. You know, they could, they could do some things with it. So that's why, you know, they're flying at the front of the plot.
0: This episode of Canis Corner is generously supported by TunnelBear, an award-winning service that gives you fast and private access to the internet. TunnelBear is a virtual private network, or VPN, that guards your privacy and security while online. A VPN is a must-have for any public internet usage. If you log on at a coffee shop or the airport, it's madness to do it without the safety of a virtual private network. TunnelBear is by far the easiest to use and the best-designed VPN I've ever encountered. It's so easy to use that my mom, who's in her mid-70s, uses it to watch TV in the UK. She lives here in San Francisco, and she uses TunnelBear to get a UK IP address which allows her to watch her favorite UK TV shows. It's not just the UK. You can browse as though you're in Germany, Japan, and India, and dozens of other countries. It's dead, dead easy to use and super secure. Nothing is logged. Everything you do is super private. It works on all your devices. You can connect up to five computers, tablets, or phones. TunnelBear is used by more than 10 million people. I've been a paying subscriber myself for a couple of years, and my mom and my brother too. Go to GetTunnelBear.com. That's GetTunnelBear, all one word.com and create a free trial account. If you use that URL, TunnelBear will know that we sent you. I'd like to thank TunnelBear for supporting this episode. Apple has had, you know, like, uh, it had a very contentious relationship with, with with watchdog groups like Greenpeace, which actually sort of spurred the, the efforts of Apple to sort of green its operations back, you know, a decade ago, right in, in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, they criticized um, Apple, and um, it, it really spurred them into action. And they began with removing a lot of toxins and fr- from their products and... Uh, uh, tr- trying to look at the supply chain and coming up with a supply chain um, uh, 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 responsibility and doing annual reports they do they do an environmental report every year and and Greenpeace has actually praised the company in fact it, it said I think quite recently last year that it was the greenest of the the tech companies. I mm-hmm. think mainly because of it's renewable energy. is that right because they have they've, they've committed to making um, their operations a hundred global operations hundred percent renewable.
1: Yes. I mean, within the buildings and operations that they control. Yeah. Um, and and that's great. Um, and, you know, they, they do talk a good talk and I'm sure they're doing, you know, more than many companies, but it's not really enough. And, you know, if we just look at the amount of waste they create, you know, every two years, it's a new model that... M- maybe has a processor that goes a teeny bit faster that no consumer or practically no consumers are even going to notice what happens to the old stuff. And that's really an issue. I mean, you know, it's this sort of designed obsolescence. It's why it's a design. It's all about planned obsolescence and the fact that they're designing products that only are designed to last for a couple of years. Um, you know, I don't think the planet is going to be able to take it. Uh.
0: That, right. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. They're making billions and billions of phones. I mean, I, I've heard Apple, I, I've talked to a couple of designers in Apple, and they say that their phones are designed to last, um, you know, f- f- for, for, f- for a long time. And they, they argue that um, they get, tend to get recirculated. So, that uh, you know, if, if you get a new phone, it tends to get passed down to someone in the family or get sold. And so it will probably go through two or three owners in its, in its life. Time in its life cycle before it before it gets discarded or, or recycled um, but uh, uh, you know I, 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 like you say I, you know obviously it is uh, there are a billion i mean you know how many uh, phones are out there now I mean, it's almost it's the most successful tech product and as like you say it's on an annual upgrade cycle so ever more are getting produced yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing, you know, transparency is really an issue here. Um, We tried to film at all sorts of recycling institutions, and we wanted to film at Sims, which they say on their site is, you know, one of their major recycling. Well, no one who has a contract with Apple is allowed to talk to the media or the press or, you know, without permission from Apple. And we couldn't get to talk to anybody at Sims, but we did, you know, talk with some other recyclers um, who have actually since, and very sadly, gone out of business um, because the economics of e-waste recycling are, just, are, are very complex and the system in the US is complex and not really working very well. But we don't really know what Apple does with their old stuff. You know, it, it, no one is allowed to see. So, we know that hundreds, you know, tens and tens of millions of devices are being tossed every year. Mm-hmm. But where are they? You know, has anyone ever been able to see where they go? No. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's true because when I, f- I finished the film at the earlier this year and I haven't really checked into the stats since then, but what I'd heard... Um, and not from Sims itself, but from other people in the business, was that Sims was closing locations because they too couldn't make the economics of it work. So if you're Apple's main recycler and you can't make the numbers work, something's seriously wrong.
0: Sims, what is Sims? What is it? Is it uh,
1: Sims is a, is, a, is a recycling company.
0: And Sim, Is so, that the name Sims or is it an acronym? Yeah.
1: No, it's Sims, S-I-M-M-S.
0: Okay. And they're Apple's main recycler and they went out of business earlier this year.
1: No, they, they, no Sims hasn't gone out of business. Um we we couldn't get into Sims, but um but so we filmed we we filmed in one recycling plant which you see in the film. Um Darren McGee's walking around seeing how a laptop's broken down and, right, and yeah, all parts. Yeah. That place, unfortunately, um, went out of business. Um they couldn't you know, just the the numbers just didn't work. Right, okay. Um yeah. So, but since I also heard was having um, trouble dif- difficulties as well.
0: Apple last year, uh, went with its, uh, one of its events, um, showed off, uh, this robot called, uh, Liam, I think, which, um, mm-hmm. disassembles, uh, iPhones automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess, you know, very much in reverse of the, the way they're put together, you know, by, by robots <laughs> and highly automated systems. Now they have one for for breaking apart, but it, 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 it was, uh, a, a, an experimental system, and I don't think it's been deployed at scale.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it has either. Um, and it, 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 when it's taken apart, then what happens to the stuff? To all the stuff inside, where does it all go? Um, you yeah, that's that's a big question.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Well. Well. Yeah. It's um. So in the movie, of course, you 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 speak to Carl Weins and um his uh his co-founder at I Fix It. Um, uh, are featured and um, they went to China to try to look at um, some factories there and they taught their way in to inspect the factories. They, they, they said that they wanted to get something made and so the, the owners of the factories allowed them to tour and to film inside, which is how you got footage from inside some of these factories. And uh, th- tell us about their experience. What did, what did they find?
1: You know, I think Luke makes a really good point. Um, obviously, he'd set up a lot of appointments before He arrived, and Luke spends an awful lot of time in China now. So he's become really, really familiar with this area and with a lot of different factories. And he's pretty smart at at um, or things that he doesn't like. Um, And as he said, you know, they showed up at a couple of factories on very on quite short notice, and they weren't allowed in. So that ruled them. You know those potential factories off off his list right away because obviously if they don't want you in there, you know they're not comfortable with yeah. something that's happening inside. Um, and it's it's it, it's really discouraging when um, the factory owner said to him, you know, the Chinese customers are unhappy that they've built a water filtration system at this one factory, the one that looked like the best, um, because it increases the cost. I'm a little suspicious of that, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure how expensive systems are and if it can't be amortized, but I, I, I do know at the same time that, you know, supply chain managers um, really negotiate incredibly hard and they shave every, you know, half penny off everything that they can. And so if the brands are making the profit margins so tight on these places that they're it becomes economically impractical for a factory to run itself responsibly. That's that's also pretty bad,
0: right? So they're getting squeezed out of of, of, of better practices. You know, they, yeah. there's so little yeah. money to be made that they can't uh, do things like building a um a water treatment plant. It, I thought it was very instructive because it, you know you showed um so, uh, uh, so, uh, one of the factories that Luke toured. You know, had these um, uh, storage tanks out back that were storing acid. They were clearly leaking. Um, and then the oh. next one of the, one of the one of the ones that he went to had Built a very elaborate um, water treatment plant with, with with several different tanks that were filtering and, and treating the water in different stages, and then it all dumps out into a big fish pond at <laughs> the front of the plant. Yeah. And you have all these fish, yeah. these three-eyed fish. <laughs> well That's yeah, right. <laughs> They actually look pretty healthy. But th- this is how they knew that their system was working. Right. So I, right. I was surprised by that. You know that the, the, there was the, there was such a discrepancy. You know such a difference between between these places. You know one one almost looked like a model. Of of how to do it, of environmental responsibility, and then these other ones, you know, obviously we're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, in China there are lots of people who care about the environment. I mean, they the Chinese are living in an environmental soup that is is hard for Americans to understand, and you know, unless you've been there and breathed the air there, you know, it's 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 really terrible. Um, and so I think many people there do care and are trying to observe best practices, and they take it on as, as part of their business model, and they're proud of it. And, you know, we should be applauding. Unfortunately, most people don't know too many per-chip or semiconductor factories. But, there, you know, there are a few who are trying to do things the right way. And, um, yeah.
0: Right. And- you know, it, it, yeah. Do, do, do you see any? You know, it, it, were there hopeful signs of you know th- this was catching on that more and more companies were doing this, or
1: you know that goes back to the political thing. I mean, you, you know, the Communist Party imposes quotas on local officials about economic growth and and the number of workers who have people who have to be employed and what your unemployment level can be. So there's tremendous pressure on local officials going all the way down from the provincial level down to a village level to create employment. So, you know, and they may not have a super great education and they feel all this pressure and they are prepared to cut a lot of slack to a lot of factories to keep the economic numbers satisfactory for the government. And so a lot of people are really caught between a rock and a hard place on these issues. You know, some of them may like to do good, but... They don't want to lose their job. So, you know, it's a, it's a very complicated situation. I think with, with air pollution, um, the government is become much, much more sensitive. Um, water pollution seems to vary a lot province by province and area to area. I mean, you can be advocating for cleaner water and better practices in some parts of China and be applauded. And in another area, you'll go to jail. So... You know, it's it's a very mixed and complicated situation.
0: And do, do you see the leadership, you know, like in this country, uh, you know, we, uh, look at this presidential election, you know, the, 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 yeah. the issue of climate change yeah. was not a major issue. It didn't even come up in any of the debates. And then, uh, I you know, I've seen um, Tim Cook t- talking about, about Apple's uh, en- energy issues, especially saying that in the absence of government leadership, companies like Apple – um, have to take um, have to take the reins and do something about themselves, and this is how he portrayed, you know, Apple's uh, um, efforts in the uh, in in the area of renewable energy. Uh, and I, you know, I, do we see that? Do you see any signs of that being effective? Have other companies emulated that? I think there's a lot. Um,
1: you know, you probably because you report on the electronics industry more widely than I do. I, I I think that in some cases um, Europe is a little ahead of us on environmental issues and um, green manufacturing and they're trying, uh, you know, there's Fairphone and there's I am eco who we profile in the film, you know, the Irish company making the wooden shell computer where and I, and I think even some of the major car manufacturers in Europe are are trying to do much more of the sort of circular economy um, production model. Um, and of course, there are companies in the States who are doing great things like Patagonia. Um, we need a lot more of it, and and we need do need help from... I think we do need regulation, unfortunately. Um, but that, as you said, in this election campaign... The environment really hasn't even been discussed and we're on the sort of precipice of climate change two degrees celsius and going beyond that and and it hasn't even come up which is pretty discouraging
0: right yeah yeah, yeah. um and so the situation in china you, you don't uh, you know it, it doesn't uh, you don't see any, uh, any sort of leadership from the oh it, it's a mixed bag right the, the, from the government point of view i
1: i think it i think it's very much a mixed bag and you know china is in a is in um the leadership in China is more dictatorial and authoritarian than it has been in you know fifteen twenty years um and I think the the fear amongst the, you know the members of the communist party uh who administer policies you know everyone's running a little bit scared so there's people aren't really going to be showing a lot of initiative um there's i I think quite a lot of paralysis going on in in um government at all levels in china and so it's hard to imagine the sort of leadership that's going to be necessary i mean if xi jinping decided you know we're going to close coal and we're going to really do something then then they could but it not looking terribly likely.
0: And, and the movie also uh, raises the depressing prospect that if um, that that China is already becoming um, a little bit too expensive for the um, for the offshore manufacturing industry. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's starting to move yeah. to other countries.
1: Yeah. Um, Garrett Brown, who appears in the film, um, is a health and safety expert who worked for OSHA in California for a long time. And he's just come back from Vietnam where um, he was investigating some factories with uh, local NGOs, and it's exactly the same story. I mean, kind of heartbreaking.
0: Right. So it's like whack a mole. You know, if you if you if you clean it up in one area, it just it gets it exported to another one.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So uh, Sue, can you, you know, tell me what what's uh, what's the situation with the movie? It um it, it has just had it was premiered at uh, the Mill Valley Film Festival.
1: No, we've actually premiered um, in Seattle and in Sheffield in the UK. And um, for about until t- about next March, we're going to be doing a lot of festival and grassroots community screenings. And then um, it's going to go into, you know, widespread distribution uh, through uh, you know, just finished um doing the contracts with a couple of companies who will be getting it out on all sorts of digital platforms, broadcast, um, educational distribution. So, we'll be in kind of wide release at the end of next March.
0: End of next March. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right, great. I hope
1: lots of people get to see the film and they can come to our website and uh, learn more about some of the issues and what people can do about them. You know, I think when you make a film like this, it's, it's really hard because, it, it uh, you know, the whole situation is a bit overwhelming and we love our devices. I mean, my device, my iPhone 6, is never far from me, you know, or 24 hours a day. And, you know, one reason that I wanted to make this film was you know it is a plea for the planet it is a plea that we have to take better care of the environment um and i chose to brew this most personal of our devices you know it could have been jeans, it could have been cars it could have been whatever but these are devices that are, are intimate parts of our lives now in ways that really not many other objects have been ever right. for yeah. people and so you know, every- is concerned everyone's involved everyone's you know implicated and everyone can do something and so um you know i, I want to make it for my daughter and and maybe one day grandchildren so that they have a planet to live on that's going to be as hospitable as the planet's been to us so far
0: Right. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Absolute. I know it, it, it does cause it, there was in this Q and A afterwards, you can see there was a lot of conflict. I mean, people, I think felt very, very uncomfortable with, with, um, with their, their choices, uh, of buying a new device every year, um, or, or every couple of years, uh, you know, faced with, with the kind of like, um, you know, the, the, the effects that it's having on, on the, on the planet, on the environment. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it does put you in a, in a very uncomfortable position because like you said, I mean, they mediate everything, don't They, they, uh, yeah. we're all cybernetic now we're yeah we're part man yeah. part person part machine <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and um you know it's it, it's sort of you know i felt like someone had to say it because so far i mean we are pretty early on in the digital revolution um but so far you know most a lot of reporting a lot of the sort of narrative around the industry has been this sort of celebration of of this heroic entrepreneurship and and incredibly ingenious uh, you know devices that that we've been fortunate enough to have come into our lives. But no one's kind of taken the lid off. So I I I sort of feel badly to be such a downer, but I you know somebody kind of has to say it and say whoa you know let's let's just. Let's just look at this again and look at it in a slightly different way and see some of what it's costing us as well as what it's giving us.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's something that is, you know, it's across the other side of the world, isn't it? So, you know, we, we, we don't get to, to to see it. So I think it's very important yeah. to bring that message back and show people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, great. Congratulations on the movie, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with it. Okay, thanks so much. <laughs> it's been fun talking with you. Great. Okay, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Sue Williams, who made the film Death by Design. You can find more info about Death by Design at deathbydesignfilm.com. That's deathbydesignfilm, all one word, dot com. That was Kane's Corner, a weekly podcast about the world of Apple. New episodes come out every week. Please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And if you like the show, please leave a review or a rating. And please check out cultofmac.com and follow us on Twitter or Facebook. On Twitter, we're at cultofmac. And Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Colton Mac. See you next time.